Between recording the next episode of my podcast, running a business, and all of the things life throws my way, sometimes it's good to just get away. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis here. And let me tell you, I love booking a trip where I can escape. There's nothing like spending a few days at the beach, relaxing and spending time with family. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter your reasons, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The art of cheesemaking is referred to in ancient Greek mythology. Evidence of cheese has been found in Egyptian tombs dating back centuries. Today's episode is all about cheese. 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 My name is Eva Longoria. And I am Maite Gomez Rejon. And welcome to Hungry Hungry for for History. History. A podcast that explores our past and present through food. On every episode, we'll talk about the history of some of our favorite dishes, ingredients, and beverages. So make yourself at home. Y buen provecho. Archaeologists have found evidence that dates cheese making in La Mancha, which is in charge of Manchego, mm-hmm. since the Bronze Age. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese making has been around for millennia. We don't know exactly like who made cheese for the first time, but it's been an important food in ancient civilizations from Western Asia to Southern Europe. It's been an important food for thousands of years, already valued at the dawn of civilization. Wow. That's interesting because it's a dairy product. Yeah. But it's, it's a sort of a byproduct of your sheep, your goat, like it's really using your cow, really using just everything. It's such a shame we don't know who said, you know what to be a good idea? I'm going to take the byproduct of this cow and make something else. Like, I know. How did they figure out? Yeah, we don't really know. But there, there's actually a Sumerian, what is it called? A relief that uh-huh. dates back, you know, to the dawn of civilization mm-hmm. that has the entire process of sheep's cheese. Mm. So they that depicts the entire, you know, process. So sort of it's been around forever from the Sumerians all the way back to the third millennium BC. So there's writings that have only recently been deciphered that have, you know, references to the importance of cheese. Who put cheese and wine together? Was it the Greeks? Because that's a good combo. That's a great combo. <laughs> yeah. Whose genius was that? What well, says, it said in, in Greece... 
uh, about 1200 BC, there was evidence of all this cheese and gallons of wine that were unearthed. So that sounds like a party to me. It does. It does. It <laughs> that totally sounds like a party like a I would have wanted to be. Yeah, I would have wanted totally, to be. It totally sounds like a party. And there's this woman, this this tomb that was discovered, a 3000 BC tomb in Egypt that was discovered. Mm. And it, a woman in her 60s was buried with a bunch of different dishes, 14 different dishes, including wine and bread mm. and cheese. Mm-hmm. So there you go, 3000 BC you know, Egypt, that's soup, meat, fish, fowl, cakes, fruit, wine, bread, and three pots of cheeses. Wow. So maybe- well, you know, the- in Greek, in, in like classical Greek and Roman, I feel like in art, cheese and bread was always seen with water and wine or just as a meal. Cheese, like- nuts, wine. I mean, it was just sort of the perfect combination. So that hasn't really- that hasn't really changed. No, and they would serve it with honey and wines. So I'm like, yeah, this why change a good thing? Exactly. <laughs> why change a good thing? So in ancient Greece, goat cheese and sheep cheese was were the best known. And we even see it in Homer's Odyssey. The Cyclops in Homer's Odyssey was a keeper of sheep and a maker of cheese. So it's sort of been around forever. And the first time that we actually see references of it in Spain, where we are, dates to the Roman Empire. They talk about smoked cheeses. They talk about sort of all sorts of different cheeses. But at the time, Italian cheeses were the most famous. And let's talk about cheese absent places, which was Mesoamerica. Zero. Or the all the Americas. All the Americas. Zero cheese. They, they didn't have dairy. And it took a while for it to really catch on because the people, the Native American mm-hmm. people, were lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. So well, they're lactose intolerant because they weren't exposed to it. Exactly. And yeah. it took them a while for their palates as well as their bodies. I don't think we're still lactose tolerant. <laughs> we're not really. Like, we shouldn't really. We really shouldn't be eating this much cheese. We really shouldn't. Um, well, yeah. let's talk about cheese here in Spain okay. because people here have been eating it since the fourth millennium because I want to talk about Spain and then obviously how we got to Mexico. Yes. Were there any special tools or like how they mixed it different religiously than it was for commercial consumption? Well, one thing that I find really interesting, and this is what I was looking for all day today, is this one particular cheese. There's, well, what cheese has is is rennet, which mm-hmm. is, which comes from the animal, from the stomach of basically baby cows, sheep, lambs, goats that are still nursing, uh-huh. right? So it's this, this stuff called rennet that it only baby animals can produce it because they're nursing. Once they start eating grass, they stop producing it. Mm. So to make cheese, you need rennet. And in, 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 in Jewish religion, it's not, you can't mix meat and milk. Mm-hmm. And rennet is considered meat, so they discovered this, that you could get a natural, a plant-based rennet from something called a thistle, which is, it's a cardoon, so it's similar to an artichoke. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm not sure what part of the plant, but that sort of produces a type of rennet, which is like an acid mm-hmm. that helps curdle the, which is, what, which is what, when animals are producing this, it helps curdle the meat, so it separates the protein from the Mm-hmm. from the water. But there's a cheese called torta de decesa mm-hmm. and or torta del casar. And these were our cheeses that are that are made with with this. And it was okay because it, you know, it, it didn't constitute mixing meat and, and milk. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
we see cheese making in recipes like dating back, you know, to early sort of medieval Spanish recipes, like cheese with garlic, you have cheese fritters. So even in Italy, there's this really interesting book from the mid 15th century, and there's a dish of squash mixed with saffron, sugar, and spices finished with egg yolks and aged cheeses. Mm-hmm. So we start seeing in, in Catalan books, there's a fourth century Catalan book by a person named Saint Sovi that had lots of different types of cheese recipes, cheese sauces, cheese fritters. So it was definitely used in the Spanish diet, not only cheese and bread and nuts like we were talking about earlier, but in cooking, you know, like to to add to, to dishes. So there's this long, you know, history. And then of course, there's Mexico. When we come back, we're tracing the history of cheese in Mexico. Don't go anywhere. Hola, ¿qué tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show, or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. What are your favorite Mexican dishes that have cheese? I don't even know a Mexican dish that doesn't have cheese. <laughs> I know, it's a lot. And it's interesting because it it took a while for it to become part of the diet. But like quesadillas, of course. Yeah. Enchiladas, I have quesadillas all the time. Enchiladas, tacos. Even in sauces, like chiles en hogada, it has like a queso fresco yeah. with, with sugar and with oh, nuts. Oh, yeah, my corn, maíz has queso fresco. The whisky. Elotes. Yeah, they Elotes, have the queso fresco. Quites. Like quesadillas, it's such a typical street food. Those huge quesadillas from the streets, there's nothing with queso, epazote or squash blossom or something like that. It's amazing. I have yeah. quesadillas a few times a week. It's one of my favorite. Like when I don't oh, know yeah. what to make for dinner or, yeah. I'm, or lunch or I'm yeah. just too busy. Really good cheese, yeah. Really good tortilla, and that's dinner. That was my after-school snack when kids went home and had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I had a quesadilla. I probably did too. We weren't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich type of family. No, neither were we. Not really. No. I don't really like. But it was. Butter. I had a tortilla with aguacate after school, or um, a tortilla flour. 
mm-hmm. or or a quesadilla. Yeah. That was like, here, shut up. <laughs> that was my mom. Wait till dinner. Here. <laughs> that was that. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Spanish that came, that conquered Mexico. Yeah. They came from an area that made sheep's cheeses. Okay. Not so, cow cheeses. Okay. So, but but they brought their other animals with them. Uh-huh. So really, they didn't really start making cow's milk until they got here. I mean, cow's milk existed in Spain, but the conquistadors, they were used to sheep cheeses uh-huh. when they got that, to, so, to Mexico. So that's why Manchego is big in in Mexico. They, it's the Mexican manchego is called manchego, but it's very different than the mm-hmm. than the Spanish. Manchego, then the Spanish manchego. And the Mexican manchego is made with cow's milk. Oh, interesting. But the first cheeses made in Mexico were made with sheep's cheese. Sheep. Sheep. Sheep's milk. milk. So hard to say sheep. Sheep's. Yeah, it is. Sheep. Sheep. But, and they were made in Puebla. So there's so many things that were mm. made first in Puebla. Like, you know, you could say the mole. mole like, there's so yeah. many things mm-hmm. that were first made. Yeah. But but it took a while. Like the natives, they weren't used to this. So it took a while for them to develop a tolerance for lactose and a liking for it. So the first cheeses were queso frescos, right? Yeah. So sort of lighter cheeses. Well, they also said cheese making skills were not shared with indigenous communities. Like the Spaniards made them in New Spain, in Mexico. And so it really delayed the cheese-eating culture in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They sort of kept it, you know, to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the manchego cheese, And they were lactose intolerant. And they were lactose. Exactly. So they didn't want to. So we have the early cheeses in Puebla, and then we also have early cheeses in the north in present-day Nuevo León, and they started the manchego-style semi-hard cheeses. But again, growing up in Laredo, we used, my mom used to get groceries in Nuevo Laredo, mm-hmm. mostly, but mm-hmm. both, but but all of the good stuff was in Mexico, mm-hmm. like really good, better produce and all of that. But, yeah. And she used to, we always had manchego cheese. Uh-huh. So when I first tasted real manchego, like the Spanish manchego oh, cheese, yeah. I was like, what? This is not manchego cheese. So oh. I was used to the Mexican manchego cheese that tastes completely, completely different. different. Wow. Yeah, completely well, different. Well, cheese plays a part in almost all Mexican regional Cuisines, like not just Tex-Mex, but chile, chile, chiles rellenos, enchiladas, quesadillas, sopes, gorditas, tacos, queso fundido. Oh, I love queso um, fundido. To create sauces like uh, uh, nogada, which is queso fresco and walnuts. So once this cheese culture took off in Mexico, it was kind of reflected the rest of the world because it was fresh and soft and firm and hard and aged and not. And Oh, look, blue cheese is the only category not produced in Mexico. The this is only why, one. This is why I don't like it. Yeah. I didn't grow up with it. I oh, wasn't exposed to it. You, maybe. Maybe that's this why you don't like answer. it. But yeah, it's the only cheese. There's about 60 traditional cheeses produced in Mexico, but there's so many of them that are sort of getting lost. It's an art form that's really getting lost. I was just in um, in Michoacan uh, a few months ago, and I went to a market, and they had all of these cheeses on the floor. I mean, not on the floor, but like on a on a tarp on the floor, and some of them were were just so just salty, and they they were unbelievable. Different colors. Um, here's a picture. 
Oh, yeah. Now, was that at a mercado? This was at a mercado. This was on the floor of the mercado. But that's how usually you should, in Mexico, most produce and people get their their groceries from the mercado. Mm-hmm. You don't really go to a supermarket. You go to the mercado. And if you go to the mercado, there's lots of cheeses. Tons of cheeses. I mean, this is just from one really small mercado. And I'm just counting real quick one that's a little bit orange, some different shapes, white round ones, yeah. some wrapped ones, or some in a little cup that are more like, look, look more like crema. And then I see some that have a, a leaf. That's the yerba santa. Oh, yerba santa. And it, you know what it tastes like? It tastes like eucalypts, mint, and sage combined. Oh. It's not my favorite. Not your thing? It's not my thing, but it's it's used a lot That's in Oaxacan so, cooking. And this is like super artisanal cheeses. Yeah. This is not something that we would ever find in the U.S. Like Mexican no. cheeses, other than, you know, Oaxaca, L.A., we have a huge Oaxacan community, so we can get those cheeses. Yeah, but even then, I don't know if those are— It's probably not what you it's, made. It's the industrial yeah. quesillo, because to to import it and it for be on, to be on a shelf, it would need— all the bad shit in it. Exactly. This one you have to sell within the week. I yeah. Mean, when I was in Oaxaca doing my uh, Rey Etla. Rey Etla is where Quesillo. Etla in Quesillo in Oaxaca. Uh-huh. Yes. How, yes. How was that? Did Amazing. You- I made cheese. How was, I've never. Amazing. So Quesillo, which anywhere else outside of Oaxaca, it's called Queso Oaxaca or Oaxacan cheese. It's like a string cheese. Yeah, it's like a string cheese. But in, in Oaxaca, you call it cheese. You call it quesillo. I mean, you don't call it... <laughs> it's like French fries. Do you call French fries French in, in France? <laughs> just fries. It's just fries. Uh, but no, we went to one of the last producers that are making it by hand, artisanally, because it's now been mechanized so much. Mm. Just there's such a demand for it worldwide. Uh-huh. But... The traditional, or yeah, the traditional cheesemakers still use this beautiful cow's milk from a farm of the cows next door, you know, like that. You can see. So he showed me a mechanized factory made cheese compared to what they make. And it is night and day because there's so much other stuff they put in, in the mass produced one. It's even a different color. If it's white, that's uh, mass produced. Really? It's, it's made from a factory. Huh. If it has a little yellow to it, it's usually homemade. Oh, I mean, wow. Made. And so, quesillo, the history of quesillo was it was a mistake. It was a different cheese. It might have been a manchego that they were making. And there's a teenage girl who left it unattended. And as she came back, she was like, oh my God, I forgot about the cheese. And so she poured boiling hot water into it to try to save it. And it started to curdle even faster. So she tried to knead it back into what it was. And that's what made it stringy. No way. Yes. And it was stringy and stringy. And she was trying to save her family's income for the month (laughs) and ended up making a happy mistake. Oh my God. The best cheese. Best mistake ever is quesillo. Quesillo is one of the most delicious Mm -hmm. Mexican cheeses, I think. Oh my God. It's so salty. Do they salt it at the end? That's (laughs) the the preserve they put. Okay. They just salt it by hand as they're stretching it. So is it, they just put it in like salted water? Is that what they They do? No, it's 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 water and then they do, 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 do. And then as it starts coming out, they start making it into a rope. And in that part, right when they start wrapping it into that beautiful form that Uh it comes in, they just get salt and they go, and they roll it salt. Just Oh, like literally with their hands? With their hands and massage it in. Oh, wow. It's massaged into. So is it, that's so fascinating. So is it the the quality 
of the of the milk, right? That's what makes the cheese so good. Is it the quality it's of the, the, quality, of the, the quality of the milk? It's the quality of the milk. Really good milk depends on what the cows eat, right? If they produce really good, and oh, also yeah, like if they eat grass or yeah, grain or if they exercise, like if they have good exercise, if they're being if they're being happy animals, it produces really like a lot more protein. So. Just healthy cows produce healthy milk, produce healthy, delicious cheeses. Mexico has four cheeses that have been granted the DO trademark. Um, granted the DO, and that was uh, queso cotija, which is um, it's kind of salty. Is it the sh- queso fresco? It's it's harder. It's a little bit more like Parmesan ish. It's 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 a hard, very salty, you know, cheese. It's salty and nutty, mm. um, and it's more of a firm. It's a firmer cheese. Wow. And then queso de bola, mm-hmm. which is it, it sounds like a, that Dutch cheese. Oh, that it's inspired. Be, it, from it. It, it, they, it's inspired by it. Yes, but it's different than the than the red elder because that one is a Dutch cheese. The yeah. one that they use in Yucatan is a Dutch cheese. The queso de bola from Chiapas is a ball. It, it's actually two different cheeses. It's one type of cheese for the outside that's a little bit hard, mm-hmm. and then a creamy from the inside, and it's made from cow's milk. And this dates to Porfirio Diaz dictatorship, which Mm. was 1876 to 1911, Mm -hmm. inspired by the Dutch cheese. Interesting. So, yeah, it's interesting. And then, well, I I love queso crema. Oh. Oh, me too. Because that's our sour cream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is more of a creme fraiche. It's more of a creme fraiche. Oh, I love queso crema. Yeah. I put it on everything. It's delicious, delicious. Um, And then what's queso de poro? It's it's from Tabasco. It's from Tabasco. It's a crumbly, porous cheese. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had these cheeses. Um, But I've had queso cotija for sure. I've had queso cotija, but I haven't had. The, I don't think I've had the mm, queso cotija. You're right. Maybe not the. I think I've had just queso, queso cotija that, you know. At the you, store. At the store. Like yeah. that you could find at any, at Ralph's or, you know. Yeah. The, I've had those queso right. cotijas. I don't think I've had the Michoacan queso cotija, like mm. the real stuff that was originally made from cow's milk in the mountain range during the rainy season and brought down to be aged. The and whole it must be process. salted by the cotija salt exactly. and all that. Yeah, no, I may, probably haven't had that. I but, don't think um, I've had that. I think it's fascinating that these four have an origination, like that they're that they've granted them that this you invented. Yeah. Because cheese is so old, how could we have any denomination, new, new origin of cheese. It all came from somewhere else. But that's yeah. so cool that this one is like, nope, this is Mexican. I think that is so cool. Like, it makes me want to go to Mexico. When we come back... The cheesy talk continues. More after the break. Hola, ¿qué tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, Sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are and no matter the reason, The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. 
When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome back to Hungry for History. I'm a big fan of Otoño Restaurant in Highland Park, California. Owner Teresa Montaño is a Los Angeles-based chef known for her unique takes on classic Spanish dishes. Here she is sharing a childhood memory about cheese and telling us what makes a great cheese board. Hi there. My name is Teresa Montaño. I'm the chef owner of Otoño in Highland Park, Los Angeles. We're a Catalan tapas and paella restaurant. I have a funny story from my childhood, and I hope my sister doesn't kill me for this, but uh, I grew up in a large Hispanic family, and sometimes it was like the Hunger Games, fighting for the best snacks. And one day my sister bought herself a nice cheese. Pretty sure she labeled it and said, don't touch. But somebody got into the fridge and took a big bite out of her cheese. And when my sister discovered this, she freaked out and accused everyone and went on this big, long investigation. This was known as the cheese incident in my family. And we went years not knowing who bit the cheese until one night, I think we were having some drinks, probably five or 10 years down the road. And my little brother, Joe, blurts out, I bit the cheese. (laughs) And it it just, it was hilarious because uh, it was just a running joke for at least a decade of who bit the cheese. Two simple things to think about when you're putting together a cheese board. Texture and milk or style of cheese. I like to have a creamy cheese, a semi-soft cheese, and then a hard cheese. And sometimes a wild card cheese. Maybe you can include a blue cheese or a crumbly cheese. Perhaps a cheese sauce that you can put together. There's so many different ideas, but I'd like to keep it very simple and just focus on the cheese itself, highlighting the quality and, like I said, the textures and the styles of the cheese. It's Sunday in Barcelona. We are in Barcelona! (laughs) Now in the big city. Now in the city. Now in the big city. And you said everything's closed on Sundays. Everything's closed. I didn't didn't know that it applied to food as well. So I was hoping to cheese shops and even grocery stores. I was hoping to... um, to find a nice cheese shop and get a bunch of really interesting cheeses. But I did find one just grocery store, and I got a selection of cheeses. I don't know what exactly. I got two 
queso frescos, which are very, very soft. And then this one that we think is manchego is a hard cheese yellow. The queso fresco is very white. The reason we don't know what this hard cheese is is because it's not labeled. It just says oveja viejo, which means an old sheep. <laughs> it's <laughs> so really we're very good. confused about what that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my God. With cheese. It? I love cheese. Don't threaten me with a good charcuterie board. <laughs> I love, I could live off of charcuterie. Like cheese, bread, olives. Like mm. I love, I love. So the wait, sh- this is the cow? Cow queso fresco is very white. I don't know. Can you taste the difference? Yeah, this is white. No, because usually a goat cheese, it has a stronger taste, and that doesn't have a strong taste. Very mild. Very mild goat cheese or cow cheese. What's that one? We don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, does it matter? Oh, cheese. This is cow. This one with the blue the with the with blue package, and this orange package is, is a goat. It doesn't taste like cabra. doesn't? Mm-mm. So these, the, we have two. The queso mm. frescos are very soft. And there's one that's sort of kind of brie-ish. Mm. And then mm. I want to taste this without the bread because all I can taste is the bread. Yeah, t- t- taste taste it without the bread because that one has no taste. This one, the queso fresco? Yeah. so mild. Is it, you're, are you supposed to like just crumble that on thing? It feels like mm. a crumble. It's <gasps> like milk. Oh. I'll be still eating it. <laughs> yeah. I dropped my cheese bread. 10 second rule, <laughs> three second rule. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. That one's lovely. Mm, I like the goat cheese. T- without the bread, I like it better. They're very, very mild. Like this is like almost, mm. like I would almost have this with fruit and honey for breakfast. You, you need you need a- It needs something. A jam or some yeah, sort. It's more like a, it's more like a ricotta, but a little firmer. How's this one? That's manchego. Manchego to me is very boring. Really? I'm not like a manchego- Aficionado. Really? Yeah. I like it. It's I love Parmesan. Mm-hmm. I love Parmesan too. Tell me what this tastes like. I don't know what this, I don't know what it, what it tastes like. It tastes like, uh, it reminds me of something. Oh, I don't know if I like this. Yeah, it reminds me of a Lunchable. You know, like a yeah. Lunchable. Like, I don't even know if that's cheese in those. <laughs> I don't know if I like this. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I got the finest selection of cheeses. It's a cow cheese. It's it's a round cheese with a hard sort of it rind. It almost looks like the Dutch cheese that Reno's made out of in um, Oaxaca. Oh, in, in Yucatan? In but, Yucatan. In Yucatan. But, oh, my God. But this is a meal for me. Right now, in front of us, we have some French bread, a bunch of different cheeses, some olives and nuts. Like, What else? I can die and go to heaven. Yeah. This could be my last meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was at this restaurant, which I wanted to take you to in Peralada, the, the castle. Oh, yeah. The, the medieval castle has a dinner, but it's like five hours. So every time, every night I'm like just too tired because it's one of those long dinners. Oh, wow, yeah. But at the end of the meal, they roll up a table. And when I say it's like a six-foot table, mm. and it's all cheeses. Oh, my God. Oh, I think I took a picture. Didn't I send a picture to you? No. Oh, my God. And I was like, why did this come at the end of the meal? That could have been the whole meal. Yes. Well, probably because I would have filled up on it. But- what is that? What is that? What is? Why do some people put it at the beginning and some people put it at the end of a meal? When do you think you should have cheese? Uh, uh, all day. <laughs> <laughs> What's the appropriate yeah. time to to have, have cheese? cheese? I'm not really sure Before how the, after the cheese. Well, I feel feel like I see it more at the beginnings of the meal, right? Like to open up the appetite, like especially when you go to Italy, like the aperitivo hour, you know, it's like a little spritz or a little bitter drink. Oh, here and it is. And cheese just to open Sorry. up the appetite. Look at this. <gasps> oh my 
my God. That is unbelievable. This is literally a six foot table with every single shape, you can size, think, think of color. Oh my gosh. So did you taste a bunch of them? Or was it too? No, I picked like, I, that's my kind of cheese, that brie. The, 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 you the like the creamy? Like the creamy. I like a, a sheep brie. I like uh-huh. a sheep Super creamy. Super creamy. Like, do you love like the triple cream, like the French breeze, like the soup, super creamy? Yeah. French breeze, I love. French breeze are, oh, yeah, I me love too. French breeze. Well, I, I love traveling the world of cheese with you. This was Likewise, very yes. From the Greeks and the Romans and the Egyptians all the way to Chiapas. And to and Etla. <laughs> to Etla. Etla. This has been an amazing so cheese journey. Good. Thank you guys for listening and spending your time with us. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Hungry for History is an unbelievable entertainment production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more of your favorite shows, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion Lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.